Hoe on the slopes of Kilauea. If you want the United States to stay competitive in the era of peak lava and beyond, then take a chance on the Chancellor. That stands for Let's Watch a Full-Length Movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman and Carl. Hi, Carl. Hey, Mike. Glad to be back here once again. Uh, you're appearing, as always, you know, LWAM. Well, we stream first every Sunday at 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. That's 5 p.m. Eastern on MutinyRadio.fm. You're listening to it right now, to us right now on Mutiny Radio. And you could, uh, I don't know. I would uh, subscribe to Mutiny Radio. You can subscribe to our podcast. That's by the acronym you heard up front, L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. Let's watch a full movie on YouTube, but that's also the name of our Twitter handle, our name of our YouTube channel, and we're on on Facebook as Let's Watch a full movie on YouTube. So subscribe to the podcast, follow us on Facebook, listen to Mutiny Radio, and we would love for you to get dig Mutiny Radio and, of course, Send a donation. You can do it Venmo at Mini Radio, or you can go to miniradio.fm and hit the donation button. Carl, what movie are we watching on YouTube today? We are watching today on YouTube with the audience, Hostage Hotel, 1999. Hostage Ooh, Hotel. Yeah, 1999. Tonight, we're going to party like it's Hostage Hotel, 1999. The channel right. we like is FTMP Videos. FTMP Video. So this seems like a lot to register, but go ahead. Hostage Hotel. Uh, and Carl just told you the subscriber name. I went right through my head. But oh, find no. the link. it's you know why? Because they have an acronym, right? Oh, yeah, that's, that's the worst. Video. Things that have acronyms. How can FTMP you remember? FTMP videos. FTMP videos. All right, fair enough. So find that link, click it, hit pause. We want you to pause it, move the timer to zero, 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 and we're at the count of go. We want you to hit go. We want you to hit play. Carl, we're really excited. Uh, Carl has uh, produces the show. There's a lot of research for the show. And he yeah. also scours the world to find us a celebrity comedian to do our countdown. And he has a pre-recorded bit with a comedian, celebrity comedian. Carl, take it away. 
Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Celebrity Com Comedian Countdown, this time with Chris Bruno. Welcome. Oh, hello, everybody. Hi. Good to be here. Now, you are super fresh to comedy and killing it. You're blowing up. How long have you been doing comedy? Probably at this point, probably around like seven or eight months now. Newbie. Newbie. Now, you started at my open mic, the Reserve Club open mic on Tuesdays, right? You brought a yes. bunch of people that night. What was your experience getting up there? It was exhilarating. As soon as I got off, I wanted to go back on again. You know, well, you did very well. You got a bunch of laughs. I don't think you had a dead moment. I think you, uh, you killed it that night. Do you, you think that that, like, if you had did, done a little bombing, would you have still tried it again? Uh, probably. Because I mean, I bombed like super hard my third time, so I feel like that's pretty. That's pretty early enough to where it was uh, that was the make or break point. But also, I don't know. I, I rewatched the video too recently. And it's funny how you think that you do really like you kill it all the time, especially in the early days, but then you watch it back and it's like, I did okay for my first time, especially. <laughs> that is really true. Mm -hmm. Now, your your routines, right? There it's unique mm -hmm. in that like you tell both real life stories and totally stupid jokes. Most comedians are like one or the other. Like how yeah. is it that you find yourself mixing these two things? Hmm. I don't know. It's because just like, I feel like if I put myself, I don't want to like be a one or the other type of guy. I think it's very unique to try to, try to blend like real life happenings with like little stupid, like one-liner type things. Yeah. Yeah. It makes them, yeah. It makes, it makes them more, uh, more human rather than just like, they sound like they could be from a joke book, you know? Right, so you can take a moment, do a few joke book type things, and mm -hmm. then talk about, uh, you know, serious real things in your life. Well, I can't yeah. say serious, right? You make light of them. Yeah, you gotta, because you, you get, I don't know, because if you don't laugh, you'll cry, you know? That's kind of yeah. how I've always been. Best medicine. Yeah. So recently you've been booked on Hell Yeah Comedy Show, which is killer mm -hmm. at the Wawa. Mm -hmm. And you've also booked on Eyes Up here at the Reserve. Now, at the Wawa, you're blowing up. I mean, you're even hosting mics there now. Yeah. I love hosting. Hosting is mad fun. But, I mean, it's a super rapid rise. I mean, most people yeah. have, like, a learning curve in comedy, and they got to get better and stuff. You seem to be nailing it. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 it seems so interesting. I liked uh, the fact that I was kind of like, you know, I had the control over everything. So, you know, one day I just asked to see if I could uh, host to see how it went. Mm -hmm. Everyone said I did pretty good. So I wanted to keep doing it. So I thought so too. And I think you were doing the music in between comedians. Yeah. Nobody ever utilizes that Bluetooth speaker, but I, I like to utilize it. Yeah. Cause you really brought something different. Uh, yeah. It just makes it more of a show. Um, yeah. It makes it seem like a production. So where are you planning to go? I mean, I know you're going to keep at it. Do you have any ambitions? Do you do you see yourself? Where where do you see yourself in, let's say, five full years of doing comedy? Man, in five years, I want to be, <clears throat> I want to be doing like a bunch of like shows. I want to be booked like pretty much every week, you know. If Just not every being day. a working comedian. Yeah, working comic. I want to like probably be on the road a couple times, maybe do a festival. Which I will, and then uh, 
I want to do New York a lot. I want to like maybe like do you know maybe five years or maybe more of a ten year thing. Maybe try to get to Carolines for the oh, seller. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That is uh, the golden t- uh, golden gig there. So yeah. Well, I'm glad to know you. I'm glad I was there for your first set ever. I'm glad you're killing and blowing up. You know, and uh, just just welcome to the comedy world. I'm happy to be here. Okay, now how can people find you out there on social media, on the internet? I am I'm on Facebook. You can uh look me up, Christopher Pruneau, or just Chris Pruneau, P-R-U-N-E-A-U. I'm also on Instagram, fatman underscore Danish. You know? <laughs> I just Chris Pruneau as well. That was a name that I made up when I was like 14, trying to think of band names. Yeah. Uh yeah, that was one of the ones that I felt like stuck and I liked it. And I try to use it as an alias for a while. P-R-U-N-E-A-U. Chris Pruneau. Christopher Pruneau. Oh, yeah. There you go. (laughs) Okay, now everybody at home is set to press play on YouTube and watch this movie with us. Okay, we're going to hit it at the same time. So why don't you go ahead, Chris Pruneau, and give us that celebrity comedian countdown. Three, two, one, go. All right, I'm really stoked. This is the Look, main street. The streets. D&D presents the streets. What is that, Mike? I don't know. Actually, uh... It looks like blank it, money. I think it's Toronto? Oh, blank notes. Yeah, well, they were going to CGI, CGI them in later. <laughs> yeah. When we get the technology. We will have the technology. Now, look how they cut away after they only put in $100 bill, right? That was budget. That was budget. They saved oh, $200 bucks in that shot. They saved two. Who do you love, boss? I just saved your team $200. <laughs> Carl, tell me when you get to 46 seconds, okay? Okay. If I'm past, I'm one minute, 101, 102. Okay, perfect. I'll catch up with you. Okay. So, who is that? Who is that? That looks like the bad guy approaching a thug. Hmm. Gun. Gun. This movie wastes no time, even though I'm not synced. I'm at 148. Just let me know, okay? Let you know when it's 148? Okay. All right. Yeah, it, it goes right into it because it's TV. We are watching a TV show, even though the star is Burt Reynolds. Yeah, because Burt Reynolds, uh, his career was up in 1999, was it not? Yeah, yeah, he's old and just walking through it here. A minute 42, three, four, five, six, eight. And we're back, back in the money. We are in sync. Yeah, you see the money? Yeah. Hmm. Carl, what kind of table do you have when you count money? I usually keep like a, a nice metal attache to put hmm. the money in and then a round table to count it on. Right. A round table. Gotcha. That way there's no like, there's less under the table sneaky stuff. Well, when someone comes out guns blazing, I can knock the round table to the ground and make a shield. Oh, and that's under it. And then I can yell shit like, I've been double crossed. See, like, you could do that with the square table, but Michael would do that with the round table because you could roll to safety. Oh, yeah. Protected. 
perfectly. You can't do that with a square table. A lot of shootouts, you find out the hard way. Like in uh, Heaven's Gate, when they shoot him out in his house. Right. Did you see that movie? Yeah, but I just don't. Yeah, yeah, can't blame you. Okay, is who it... was in Heaven's Gate? What was it about? Maybe I saw it. It just sounds like something I would avoid. Well, it's Nancy Boy. It's 1800s. It's like a real life uh, tragedy where these land grubbers are trying to kick out people to take their land. And uh, it starts off with a guy graduating Harvard College and they dance around a maypole. Which was easy, which was easy. There was almost no other colleges. I just want people to know that. <laughs> yeah. oh, that's so funny. But don't forget, uh, Brandeis University, my alma mater, was created because Harvard wasn't laying the Jews in. Right. Jews, we got to start our own university. Or it's not going to happen, yeah. Yeah, yeah so, they, yeah, so this is 1800s. They weren't laying the Jews in. They were dancing around a maypole. They danced, they did this big Harvard dance, and then he goes to Wisconsin, I guess. He gets off and he meets the the train conductor who's oh, yeah. he rolled the brand dice. <laughs> he rolled the brand dice. And then uh he there was like land barons and they're like, Oh, there was roller skating and remember what? in eighteen hundreds, there was roller skating. There was a roller skating rig in Heaven's Gate. Okay, interesting. Now, look, I just got to do a little plot, okay? Please. That's, that's um, Carradine. That's... Uh, David. David. Keith. No, it's Keith. It's Keith? Okay, I like yeah. Keith. Keith was... Keith is good, but he was one of... He's the weaker of the brothers, but... He's the funniest of the brothers, I think. Well, he tries hard in this film to be funny, but he's also walking through the film as much as Burt Reynolds is. Speaking of walking, Jesus is walking on water to get this shot. Yeah, that's right. Burt Reynolds, exactly. Hustaji Hotel? Hotel? Hustaji? <laughs> now, this movie's full title is Part Time Three Hostage yeah. Hotel. TNT had a series of Burt Reynolds films. It was the Hard Time series, and this was the last one. It's the cop. His name is Logan McQueen. He goes to jail when he wasn't supposed for something he didn't do. Okay, is Elizabeth Dennehy's related to Brian Dennehy? Uh, 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 I don't know. All right, just a coincidence. Charles, one moment. I don't have that written down. Who's Dunahy? Which actor? It was Karen, I think it was Karen Dunahy, and the name sticks out because of Brian Dunahy and TNT. That's okay. all. Okay, let's see. Sorry. Right. No, but my research. Don't worry about your research. It was a rhetorical question. It was a rhetorical question. I found a Star Trek connection. No. <laughs> What's the start? Okay. All right. Let's start from the beginning. What's the Star Trek connection? Keith Carradine? Uh, no, that would be much cooler. I guess no. It's our bad guy, the, the guy who we just saw in the beginning with the um, thug, oh, he was off the thug. He, yeah. yeah, he was in the Next Generation and he was in Voyager. You know, connection. He was in Air Force One. He was in the Front Runner. Now is this Florida? At least, like this is Florida, right? Well, I think it's out. I think it's Los Angeles. Huh. Yeah, well, I don't have filming locations, but I mean. Oh, yeah. That's so. what Bert would want, right? Right. Well, Bert would want something close to the ranch. Yeah. Yeah. Now, the director, 
used to live with Bert on, you say the ranch, I don't know if that's right. He lived in the carriage house on the ranch. The director, well, I see it's written by Nicholas Foster. Let's get to the director's uh, credit right now. Oh, it's Smokey and the Bandit director. Oh, there's a scream queen. She is a scream queen. All right. Ah. That's her job in Hollywood. There's the director, Alan Smithy. Yep, directed by Alan Smithy. And I couldn't find out on the internet why. And also, like, list of films by Alan Smithy. You can't find it, you know? Yeah, usually the film will say, you know, this is a Alan Eden film directed on her, uh, Alan Smithy. They'll be open if you get IMDb and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, because Alan Eden, you know, we watched uh, Cannibal Run, which he directed with, with Burt Reynolds to much fanfare, and then uh, he had also directed like a dozen films with him, like uh, well, yeah, right. right. But then he stopped. He kept the franchises, but he never had Bert and like Smoking and Bandit three, and then I think there was two like TV movies with Smokey. Uh, yeah, something like that. He did Hooper, like you said, Cannonball Run. But then Stroker Ace was the last one. It was sixteen huh. years later that this came on TNT. And I just can't find why Hal Needham hooked up with this. Well, let's reverse engineer. Let's watch that. Let's, uh, let's deduce. I think it's that they just had a falling out and it's a piece of shit movie. Mm-hmm. He probably thought he was filming and making a movie for TBS and then he found out it was TNT. He was like, oh, shit. <laughs> okay, so, okay. The internet claims these guys are bosom buddies from knowing each other in the yeah. 1960s, early 60s, when he was a stuntman, all the way until they both died. Now, was there a falling out? I can't find... I don't think there's a falling out. I'm sure Burt Reynolds was too big for his bridges to do Smoke in the Bandit 3 or television movies at the time, or, you know, even given the opportunity, he didn't want to. Okay, now look, these guys lived together for 12 years. As this director, he got divorced from his uh, wife, or she kicked him out, something like that. He stayed in Bert's carriage house. It just became a permanent thing. 12 years later, he gets married again, and that's when he moves out. They claim they never had a crossword the whole time. That, All right. I say the word cross. They never had a, we never had a crossword the whole time we was together, see? Really? Not even like the cryptic crossword or like a uh, <laughs> diagramless crossword or maybe a word search? Not a single but, crossword? Now, the thing is, they didn't get the New York Times. Maybe some, you know, Jew yeah, fellow right. from New York was visiting, and he brought himself the New York Times. Then we we never had a crossword from that New York Times. Sure, we had a couple can-cans of Sudukos, but not a crossword. <laughs> Sudoku. You remember you discover Sudoku, and you're like, oh, this is tough, and you play it to death. And then you, like, you don't really master it, but it's like, yeah. It's been three months, and you quit on it for life. Well, I'm always, like, patting myself in the back when I sit in front of a Sudoku puzzle, and I see none of the number nine. I go, I know it. There's never a nine in these puzzles. And I look, and I go, two nines. Yeah, see, I I'm still right. There's, there's not enough nines in this puzzle. There's very little nines. Yeah. Oh, Burt Reynolds. Burt Reynolds. There you go. Look at his hair. Look. He looks frustrated already. You know why? He sees who's in the front seat, Mike. Uh-oh. Yeah, it's Charles Dunning. 
Charles Dunning, the man who had him sent to jail for one full year for a crime he didn't commit. He's pissed. He's pissed. Was that from North 40 Dallas or oh, this is from this movie series? <laughs> it's from Hard this Time movie series. Yeah. Hard Time 2 was him in jail. Hard Time really? 1 was him getting to jail. Oh, you know, because Hard Time, hang on, is a slang word, right? Follow me. Yeah. For going to jail. Hard Time. Mm hmm. Time. Yeah, it's no mystery. Yes, that's the point of the title and the film. <laughs> so by the time Hal Needham got involved, they're like, yeah, whatever, he's on the road. <laughs> I, I don't know why Hal Needham. There was so much great backstory, especially with Smokey and the Bandit, how they were, you know, how he became a director and, you know, he got the financing. Bert agreed to do it. He turned down, I think, ter terms of endearment which was going to be a game changer for him, you know? He turned that down to do uh, Smokey and the Bandit, which wasn't wrong. Uh, Smokey and the Bandit's huge. I mean, he uh, yeah. he should have got every cent for it. I mean, every kind of imitation, every kind of uh, iconic look of him. I mean, he did it. He created right. this franchise. You know, they did it without him for the third one, but... Yeah. Uh, in terms of Jim, I, his, my opinion is that he's an excellent, you know, actor. He's an excellent actor, and he can coast like the best superstars, like he, like a league of his own. Right, he has this ability, but he has this ability of like giving his own, doing a film like, uh, uh, she's that porno one, uh, Boogie Nights. Oh, Who's Boogie, Boogie Nights. Night? Yeah. They, you know, they're like he's back. He We're back. Not walking through that role. He was that guy. Yeah, but so, but then he proceeds to walk through the next twelve roles he has. You know? Yeah, yeah. I saw a great Bird Reynolds movie called The Last Movie Star. It's directed by Alan Rifkin and did uh, Never on Wednesdays. The Last Movie Star. I'll check. Yeah, it. I got. I saw it on Hoopla Digital, the library streaming service, the free library. Just just <laughs> put in your library card. Oh boy, you big through all the Hoopla. Hoopla Digital. So uh, it's called The Last Movie Star, and it's Burt Reynolds plays basically Burt Reynolds, and he gets invited to a film festival, and he decides to go, and it's in a bar, and he acts like a brat, but then he goes and visits his home and his ex-wife, and, uh, you know, he bonds and he connects, and it's a happy day, but a lot of times they CGI him into old Burt Reynolds movies, so he talks to Deliverance Bird, like, what's going on with my old life? <laughs> I've got to check it out. Yeah, and, you know, young Bird will be like, whatever, ha, 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 I'm young Burt Reynolds. It's like, well, I guess that's good, good to talk to you. <laughs> we'll see. I'll watch it. I'll see what all the hoopla is about. Digital. D digital, yeah. Oh, hoopla digital is fantastic. What a great thing. Like, there's two free streaming services that need your library card, but once you get into it, it's just like Canopy with a K and then Hoopla Digital. Okay, let and me write this down. Hoopla Digital does this fantastic like sorting of movies where you can look for either new, no, recent, recommended, or favorites or popular. Okay. Like if you're looking for science fiction or like drama, yeah. Yeah. It's, it has to be one of those four categories. And and we're talking about old, like, ones I would have to go to Netflix DVD in the mail for. It, it would be, like, from Joy Luck Club to, like, wow. uh, uh, Bad Grandma from this last year, from this year, actually. 
there's okay. there's a lot of films from this year that pop up that go under the radar, but they they pop up in the library streaming service. Like I just okay, saw I gotta, the I gotta tell you stuff. Yeah. You ready? Uh huh. Okay. So there's a politician, right? And he is a congressman, and he's going to run for governor. Okay, that's possibly Miami or Florida. It's a fucking Florida. That looks very much like Tampa, like kind of. Yeah, like it true lies. And those palm trees don't need to be LA. Look, I don't know where the location of this was. You know, Burt Reynolds did a lot of living in uh, West Palm Beach. It was. um i forget the exact name of the town of florida but um i'll remember it during the during our little broadcast here sure but so it's very possible that it's filmed right by his home in florida that saves him a lot of time you know he just seems like to pick him up yeah west palm beach was the airport and um gosh 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 I used to know because we had a site down there for work and I would have to go and everyone was like, Burt Reynolds this and oh, I just saw him. You just missed him. Stuff like that. He's just okay. playing to her belly button. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so Burt Reynolds is about to make $10,000, but he's got to be with Charles Dunning who fucked him over. Okay, so he's like, you stay in the car, Charles. So he's got to come in here and apprehend Mr. Blah, blah, blah. Okay. Oh, uh, he's looking at him. He's cool. Not since Paul Newman and uh <laughs> think is missing as it was such great poolside drama. Now he's going to push the guys in the pool and that'll be fun. Well, he has to drag them to the edge first. That's funny. Nobody asked me, are you Burt Reynolds? Burt Reynolds just walks into my pool party. My henchmen do nothing. They just look at the ground. <laughs> the henchmen will ju- Whoa! Whoa, the henchman will definitely do something now. Hey, old timer. Say there, Mac. <laughs> yeah, say there, Mac. If he was John Wick, he would know all the assassins' names. He was like Frederick, Clarence. Yeah. Yeah, good to see you again, Clarence. Yeah, good to see you again, John, Mr. Wick. You're back in the game, Mr. Wick? No, just no. visiting. Why do people keep asking me? Keep visiting. <laughs> The last time. Well, I guess you know what? I think I am. Yeah. I can't even do the impression. <laughs> he would he should be like Steve Martin and just hand them a card. Hi, it's John Wick. Good to see you again. Yeah, Mr. that's Joe. right. You met the world famous John Wick. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not back in the game, just visiting. Just <laughs> and then on the other side he says, Yeah, maybe I'm thinking I am. Now look, he swiped his guy, right? But whoa, Charles Dunning is there. They shot his guy. Look at that big stomach. Charles Dunning walks right through this movie. He walks through it, walks through it, walks through it. He sucks. He can't even move, man. He just wants to walk into a scene where a guy gets shot. (laughs) Like the guy gets shot right when you see Dirty's stomach walk into the set. God bless him. He has a great stomach. I'm not going to. He can barely move. He's seated already in the shot. That's Why got Let the man be. It's Florida plates, Mike. Florida plates. Okay. Florida. This is the politician, and he is congressman, and he is going to give a speech at this old 
crappy, beaten up hotel. Okay, they've renovated the one room, the main ballroom. It's the first one of the renovation of the entire hotel. And so that's what the speech is about. It's like big deal, a big deal. Okay. Right. Meanwhile, the first wife, uh, the congressman's wife is backstage. The daughter is getting a tour of the hotel. Um, okay, so they're vulnerable. If you were a bad guy, okay, named Keith wait, Carey. Wait, so wait, did you say hotel? It's really funny because the name of this movie is Hostage Hotel. Oh, yeah. That should imply that there will be hostages. And I'm not saying that it's the daughter and the wife, but it is the daughter and the wife. And so it's just like Charles Dunning. Is this Die Hard in a, in a hotel? No, Die Hard was just too clever. Uh, <laughs> well compared it's like they're, they're going to walk through a maze of booby traps until they finally arrive at the kidnapper okay is that really oh i love boobies it's more like they're on a quest than they're you know like john what was his name the cop john uh mcculler or something mclean john mclean John oh, McClane. John McClane, yeah, from Die Hard movies. It yeah, was, yeah. So it was like, John McClane was like fucking with the German guys, fucking with them, you know? Right. Vias and Hans reporting. You know, I was at the pitch room for Die Hard, and they pitched it as a Hard Time 3 Hostage Hotel in an office building. Mm-hmm. And they said, enough. I'm so tired of uh, Hard Time 3 Hostage Hotel. Now, look, there's Keith. Ke- okay, getting a tour is Scream Queen, and we'll find out soon. The very wimpy, wimpy, wimpy congressman's aide. Yeah, let me show you over here. And this uh, actor's committed suicide. See? Dr. Martin and Boots. Dr. Martin and Boots. Remember that from the young ones? Nope. They sang a punk song about Dr. Martin and Boots. The speech, speech, speech. To this great opportunity that we bring. <laughs> speech, speech, speech. You know, it's just what exactly. Yeah. You could be anybody. I'm at the dais. He could be Mayor Jim Beam. Jim Boot. <laughs> oh, yeah, Mayor Jim Beam. He fucked up the city pretty badly, I have to say. <laughs> there were like DUI everywhere. Speech. It could have been Reagan. It could have been. Clinton, our prosperity. I still think it's Mayor Jim Bean, <laughs> as you mentioned. So this looks good. They shot this in like a in a. beans in a jar. I don't have locations on this film. I I know that's weak. Oh no, it's not weak. It's shot in Florida, and then it's shot in a hotel. I'm an archivist, and I'm a researcher by trade. (laughs) Keith Carradine. Keith Carradine with the gun. Yeah, he yanked his hand. He said his hand like went right over her and like yanked her out of the set. The scene. She's like, "What was your name again?" I'm sorry, sweetie. What was your name? Oh, My never mind. Is... It doesn't matter. You're going to be hostage and killed, like, right the fuck away. Who gives a oh, shit? I told name? you my name. My name is Yoink. Your name is Yoink. <laughs> Yoink? 
you know what? When I'll learn your name at the funeral. When I go to your funeral, she was. Uh, she held my hand. What's this? Ouch! Oh, uh, stop hitting me! Now you can't just come in here and push people around and hit somebody. Pistol with them. Wait, you Good have camouflage clothes on? Army clothes? I don't see him. I see the head of Keith Carradine. He was the weakest brother, man. Shut up, man. He's the funniest brother. He's the only decent. I saw Bill Hickok in HBO's thing, and he was, I don't know, he's in films like Nashville. He was on Dynasty. No, oh, no, he wasn't. No, he wasn't. No, no he wasn't. That's probably David. He was on Fargo, which was pretty good. He was very good in that. But The movie or the TV series? The TV series. Uh, wait, which season? <laughs> the first one. Oh yeah, great. Yeah, great job. With, with the one with with Billy. Uh, oh, Billy Bob Thornton. Billy Bob Thornton. Yeah, that yeah, one. Great. Yeah, great job. Good. I thought it was in the hey, fourth season. Look, see, they did the dumbest directorial move ever. They Alan Smithy put a, a rag in her mouth. Right? She's a scream right. queen. What are you doing? Yeah, people paid money to see her scream or turn on TNT to see her scream. She's not the princess of muffling. She's a scream queen. Being visiting hours of the hospital will be closing in 15 minutes. Ding, sorry, I wanted to add a little accoutrement to this movie. Well, it's it's a hotel that hasn't been renovated. Oh, no, I'm just saying that you'd probably be watching this when you're stuck in your hospital bed when TNT on the TV. <laughs> Uh, this is your captain calling. I have I jumped the plane twenty minutes ago, but I'm gonna let you know. Enjoy hard time three. Kids couldn't understand that you saw the movie they showed you way back when, like they had a video or something. Well, you know, I don't, I don't think there's some airlines that strip down like they don't have video screens. I mean, back in our day, like in the eighties and oh, back in like you would, yeah, get on the flight and it would be like. The Wiz by Michael Jackson. That was the flight's film. Right. So they would have the ability to, they would blast like the TV, even in the 90s, they would play the Friends episode loud. But if you want to watch the feature length movie that was after it receded, this is on a long flight, you would have to get headphones. Look, Mike, somebody screwed over Keith Carradine. It was you, couldn't bring, you couldn't bring your own headphones because it was all that weird plug in. <laughs> oh right, yeah, because they like a double. But then you would hold on someone you bought on the flight, and then yeah. you'd be like, "Whatever I'm doing for the next whatever time, why I flew, I'm just gonna remember to bring these headphones back on a return flight and watch a movie for free." For free, and sometimes by the time you got back to the next flight, the return flight, it would be all crackly. You know, the wire would have frayed. Oh right, yeah, it didn't. It didn't work the second time. Yeah, one ear didn't work. But the the worst is it's a movie that you've seen already. Yeah. You're like Spear with Sharon Stone, Dustin (laughs) Hoffman. Fuck, I just watched that. I just returned that to Blockbuster. Okay, now there are hostages, but politician guy and the rest of the world don't know. They're out there going, platitude, platitude, this grand hotel. Like when I was a boy, we'd come here many a night after church for a fine meal at the hotel restaurant. And to restore it to its beauty. Oh, God. Wait, 
We, there's a, is there a, oh yeah, you can't have a hostage movie without a politician's daughter getting hit. Uh, <laughs> it's every video game. That's yeah. right. Now she was having a little. Has been, <laughs> president's daughter has been kidnapped. Better call bad dudes. He, he at the beginning they were having like a little tiff, and as the thing goes on, he's, she's going to forgive daddy, and she's going to accept her stepmother. It's just that it's not believable at all. Like she just flips and <laughs> says, "She she worked through the trauma." That's right. That's right. That is the excuse for its believability. Uh, you were with her as she was tied up and treated poorly. She had a gag in her mouth. It sucked. And then she was like, I'm sorry, and I love you, and I'll accept you as my stepmother. And then she's like, well, I'll never ground you again. And she goes, I'm going to ground myself. And they're friends. They're friends. Oh, that's a, bomb. that's a bomb. Oh, it is? I thought that was money. I thought that was the blank bills. <laughs> Yeah, he got double-crossed by the politicians. Okay, the thing is here, the guy who wants him to run for governor and then for president, like his right-hand man, he paid Keith Carradine to do this for the political uh, benefit of it because the, they would be freed unharmed because of something that the uh, congressman did. Uh, you'll see, and it's a big scandal, and he gets outed at the end. All right. And he double-crossed them. by He's so stupid. Why would he do it? He gave them blank money. They essentially got 300 bucks. So there he is. There so he part is. of this plan was they had hostages? Yeah. <laughs> but it was like Fargo. Hey, this is supposed to be a no-rough-stuff type deal. Yeah, but you know Fargo, I mean? you, they were only supposed to kill one person. They were wasn't supposed to hold a hotel hostage. Yeah, well, uh, there was only supposed to, he was going to kidnap the, the wife, remember? And yeah, kidnap the wife. Text me, Keith, text me. He was going to kidnap the wife, and um, uh, it was going to be a ransom because that's what the, the husband thought he was owed from the father, remember? So, right, yeah. It's... And that's it. It was supposed to be, okay, and here's your kid. Here's your – meanwhile, he's got $100,000 or whatever it was. It was, And that's – you know, of course, it's a movie, so everything went wrong. Perfect. And which is a better season on the TV, season one or season two? Um, season one was very good. Season four was very, very good. Season two was okay. That's I don't know. Fun. Yeah. I like to. I like to a lot. I saw them. I guess it's because I saw it first, and I thought it was wow, what a great job. And then remind I remind me, remind. I watched the first season. Who was the bad guy in two? Oh, uh, um, he he's the character. He's the kid character in season four. Mike, uh, how was the uh, book? So one of them is deaf. Maybe. Uh, uh, the season four is like an origin story of one of the villains in two. If that helps. Season four was the one with the uh, Star Wars guy, with uh, uh, he that heroin movie series guy. Yes, yes. Ian McGregor playing twins. Right. And, yeah. and he was the twins. And I thought yeah. it was very well done. It was also with the English man. Who, the, the, the mob took over their company. and That um, one's terrific. Well, that was season three. Oh, okay. So season four is with Chris Rock. Yeah, that's right. Chris Rock and... Uh, 
So season two must have been that female police officer who went to Los Angeles. Los Angeles, yeah. I think that was the third one too, because she meets God in a bar. It was very. Uh, oh, okay, okay. I, we we want to remind people listening to our podcast that we lost interest in this movie. Yeah. Okay. Let's go back. Okay. So. What's happened is now they know. Now they know, and they've got their demands. It includes, be, you know, speaking on Larry King. Now this guy here, you might know him as the 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 buddy on um, uh, Married with Children. You know, Al's buddy. Oh yeah, Ted McGinty. Well, he's he's infamous because uh, he showed up on Happy Days in like season five. Yeah, he was a regular at the way end. Way end. Right, way end. But he was always like the jump to shark guy. They said. Oh, the show jumped the shark when Ted McGinley got on. But right. Ted McGinley, and he'll say it himself. I heard interviews. He was on the show for like five more seasons. You know, I mean, it wasn't, he didn't cause the end of it. And he definitely did not cause the end of Married with Children. They had, it was Lamb. I forget. Charles Lamb was the actor's name. I don't know why. I, Norman Lamb. I don't know why I remember the original of Darcy's husband. Remember Darcy had this yeah, like. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. There was, see, Married with, with Children was a show I avoided. It was just oh. so stupid. It was like oh. everything bad with America in one look, this is how we are as America. It was a gross exaggeration, but you did know Al Bundy, little parts of him and a bunch of people you know. Like he didn't come from a vacuum. It, I just hated it. And the way they fight Al, and she's got the big hair like a stupid woman would. You know what I mean? And, and yeah, well, I'm the sexy daughter, and I'm the over horny kid boy. I don't know. I don't know. Well, it seemed- yeah, the, the sexy daughter is a little problematic. I, I think it was that they were upstart television show and that they were going to take the formula and tilt it. And they did. They mm-hmm. had these uh, yeah. characters. and uh, But it was really well done, but the first season where like the, there are this grizzled married couple, and they uh, um, have this new couple move in, and that's the the drama. It's the playoff of these naive, this newlyweds versus these grizzled couple, and, and <laughs> the discovery and the cynicism, and ultimately goes yeah. down to cynicism. You'll find out soon enough. You'll find out soon enough. <laughs> you haven't tried this yet, and. Uh, I mean, I don't know. Do you like the Ropers? Remember, let's you know, it's the same formula. Mrs. Roper wants to have sex with Mr. Roper. Mr. Roper says no. (laughs) That was the entire show. Yeah, that was the entire show. Yeah, and it would it would would be circled around that because he would fall into some sort of something that was sexually exciting to him, Right. right? And he would pursue it. And he would try to do it behind the back. Stanley! Oh, yes, dear. Stanley. Right. And then in the end, like, it would either get ruined by her. It was never anybody's vindictive fault. It always just fell apart on him, you know? It wasn't like uh, he said, no, like I would say. Mm. But, you know, the thing I have to say about Married with Children, and I'm speaking as a fan, Carl, I've watched... When it was on syndication, I was able to rewatch and watch all the episodes. Okay. It said when her first husband disappears and she wakes up married to a guy whose last name is Marcy. I oh, know Darcy, uh, and her name is now Marcy Darcy. Uh, the show just really kind of cut loose, and the the actress who played Marcy Darcy directed a lot of episodes and was involved creatively really? in the show. And I think that cool. she was able to use the, her new husband as a kind of a way to 
have her character. Yeah, because her character embraces what Peck says. You know, she becomes uh, emboldened by all all this banality. And, uh, <laughs> wait, and, wait, you see the explosion? I it did. I guess I was so I was so wrapped up talking about Marcy Darcy. But I think the reason Wait, are we doing a disservice to we've talked about yeah I don't know are we for the audience oh you know you're absolutely right but the problem with television movies is that they're they're built to be bad you're supposed to sit around the TV set going this is bad and the commercials <laughs> come on and you go these commercials are bad and then you watch more and then you watch more commercials okay I, I gotta tell you Keith Carradine was in Vietnam right and he's yes. got a buddy there. His name is like weirdo. Look how big Charles is. My God. He's got He's bigger than this guy. Oh my God. It's a medicine ball. <laughs> it's a me it is. Can't laugh. I've had that stomach. <laughs> People call you boss. Hey boss. Why why call me boss? Because you want to play bumper cars? You don't need a car. So um okay. Keith Carradine's character and Burt Reynolds' character were mall tunnel rats in uh, Vietnam, and they would plant booby traps, and they would go through booby-trapped places. Uh, you know, we did give this movie a chance. I am so far. Okay, so this guy who went to jail for the first two episodes has a work <laughs> no, one, no, no. The first episode was about how he got arrested. Or okay. jail. The, the second one was him in jail and his experience with this con. And then the third one now that we're watching is he just got out. Charles did it. Now, look, the kidnappers say they want Charles Dunning, retired police captain Charles, whatever his real name, his name in the movie is. So that's why he's been drafted to go and be a negotiator. They ask he's going to negotiate? What? He's going to order, like, we want cheese, we want cheese sticks with the pizza. <laughs> they want to be on Larry King. They want this much money. Look at this. Poor Charles. That wasn't a choice. That's someone had to put a jacket on him. Right. The thing is, he seriously, he's so physically unable to do anything. I mean, he's not even skipper fat. He's all the way over. You know the guy on uh, Roseanne, the husband, you know, how big he got? That's comparable fat to this guy. Wow. Yeah, I guess so. But, I mean, the thing is, they found a shirt that fits, or he had a shirt that fits. <laughs> they, they, that's probably what happened. Wardrobe! <laughs> well, you know what? We're thinking you're so into look, the character. We should just keep your clothes look, and bring in the trailer now, Mr. Dick. Watch. Uh, Mike, watch. This is seriously... He's walking up the stairs. I don't want to watch. Now, look, did you see how we cut away? He did three steps and then we cut away. Two. One, two, three. Two and a half. Now he stops and he goes, I'm getting to be an old man. I can't, you know what I mean? Explaining for the plot why I'm, it's not because I'm walking through this movie because I'm. Oh my god. It has the silhouette of the old school elevator and the maybe he could take the hotel elevator. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. It's out of service. The whole place needs to be renovated. Uh, one more step. Now, Charles Dunning was in over 200 things, you know. He was in Tootsie okay. and Dog Day Afternoon. He was everywhere. 
Dick Tracy, The Sting, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou, The Muppet Movie. He's all over the place. Tootsie, did I say that one? Best Little Whorehouse in Texas, True Confession. This guy is a face. He's a character actor, and you know him well. That's why he got the role. Burt Reynolds likes him. Well, that's another thing. He's been in a lot of Burt Reynolds movies. Now, here's something very interesting. He, You remember uh, we saw one of your favorite movies, Meatballs 3, Summer Job. Right, that's right. Or is it Meatball 3? Uh, okay. AKA. Meatball 3? Meatballs Meatballs 3. Meatballs 3. Summer he Cowboy. was a doorman, uncredited. A doorman, uncredited, Charles Dern. Yeah. Yeah. So he's Why? back as Detective Charles Duffy. I guess that was before, you know, it was very early in his... That doesn't make sense, right? He was yeah, famous in yeah, 75, like, 73. Hey, it's Bob Hoskins as uncredited... <laughs> doorman. The doorman. Maybe we should go back and check that episode out. Why would you be a doorman of all things in that movie? So, okay. He is meeting the rather wimpy assistant of the congressman. He's like, don't go back. It's with booby traps. They gave me this map to get through, and I'm going back. He goes, all right, take my map. <laughs> Ooh, like National Treasure Map? Uh, no, it's like they mapped out the booby traps in this fantasy land, in this hostage hotel. There's like an FBI headquarters there because it's kidnapping. And he's got a – Charles Duffy has got uh, – Charles Dunning has got a wire on him. And he's going through this maze of the hotel. It doesn't make sense. Oh, but... yeah. Jesus. I'm sorry, I'm going to be a couple seconds behind, but I'm just watching Charles Durning walking down. He has to go to, like, call him and rest. Rest, yeah, and he put the flashlight on as if he's trying to figure yeah. it out. Boom! He's booby-trapped, blown up. Holy shit, well, that's great effects. Talk about TNT. We know TNT. Boom! Right? TBS, we know drama. TNT, we, we know, know drama. Explosives. We know. TNT knows explosives. I got yeah. it now. Dynamite! Jimmy J. J. Walker, we want all week. <laughs> T and T with you. I'll have a T and T. So what, it was Ted Turner. He owned WGBO or something in, in Chicago. Yeah, he owns WGBO. Right, he owned Jane Fonda. He owned. He owned Jane Fonda. Movies. He, he owned Colorized Movies, he owned Tom and Jerry, he owned Hanna-Barbera. He, hey, he Roly-Poly, you're the he negotiator I asked for. Okay, listen, there's something very bad in the film, right? Uh -huh. We do not learn why Keith Carradine asked for him as a negotiator. We don't learn why. He says, you remember me, don't you? And Charles Dunning doesn't remember him, but he fakes it. And then we just never get the answer. That's so strange. Out of all the negotiators in Florida. So he goes, he's pretending. Bugazi. Yeah, that's what I thought. Bugazi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, they were opening, uh, Minor Threat was opening. 
He says, you got me out. See, he doesn't know who he is. And Charles Sonny's like, oh, yeah, I got you out, eh? So then it never gets resolved. We don't know why Keith Carradine asked for him. And we just don't know. It's it's so weak. Anyway, th then they find a wire on him. And when they find the wire on him, they go, fuck you. You're not our negotiator anymore. Carl, why did they have Gordon Ramsay there in the FBI? I, it, you know, I don't know who that dude is. <laughs> he does look like Gordon Ramsay. <laughs> I found our Star Trek connection. Gordon Ramsay? Or no, the mouth breather. Yeah, the mouth breather. Was he on Star Trek? Uh, no. Uh, the bad guy was on Star Trek. I'm going to give the rundown to some of these characters. So, you know, I did some research. Well, I know you don't, you don't have the time, I believe you. It's an embarrassing episode. It's so, look, he found the wire. So he's now, that makes me so mad. I just 100% quit on you for whatever reason I brought you here. You're no longer my negotiator. Here, pretend you got knocked out. Act. Oh. Act. He goes, I'm going to hit you on the head. Now pretend you're knocked out. Oh. Good acting, good acting. Cut, Charles. Oh, politician. Oh, my family, my family. I'm pretending love with them. Oh. Now in the back, you know, on the right, that's our happy days killer. Not. Right. And on the left, that guy is a character actor, and he's been in a lot of things, including um, The Fugitive. He was in The Fugitive. Uh, right. You know, Lethal Weapon 4. Wasn't he in, like, a David Spade movie? He worked at, like, a janitor. It was his dad or something. I don't... Uh, maybe if it's called Grounded for Life. No, that's a... TV. No, Grounded for Life, he played the dad. That was a good sitcom. Yeah, okay. Uh, he was play. on The Young and the Restless in 2007. He was, like, a warden. Uh, huh. I don't know why. He looks like a warden. That's probably why. Well, I mean, it's post-career is what I mean. Like, why did he pop up and decide to work for a year? I bet you there's some story there. Like, He was <laughs> one of those actors who, like, I need a challenge. I need to do soap operas. <laughs> you don't think it was, I need some money fast? I need to be employed again? Yeah, you, you, get the, you get the money fast by doing, like, Weight Watcher infomercials. You don't have to go into, like, an acting where you have to know the lines and that's a good point. That's a that's a very good point. Soap operas are crime. It's a crime. It's a different style of acting. You know, it's a different production. So, you know, if uh, if he decides to go that way, but yeah, it's probably for the money. It's probably what he got. Just yeah, by... probably. And he got to do his chops. He is an actor. Does they tape him in New York so he can live in Montclair and take the bus over? <laughs> yeah, the sixty-six. Or yeah, the 33, they, they, right? If you're desperate, you can take the 33. It involves more walking. You can take if you're desperate, you can have to go to Newark and take a, uh, just take a train over. Yeah, Penn Station. Yeah. Okay, boring. So now, Look at these guys. Says, uh, yeah, that's our bad guy, McCurdy. He's the uh, Star Trek connection. 
He's he's on in Air Force One and Public Enemies and All the Way in 2016, a movie I don't know. The Front Runner in 2018. He he's been out there. So um I was gonna give you a plot point and I forget. And I already hey, told you hey, did Star Trek two episodes. Actually I, three. I love how like the three main stars are just hanging out in the background of this press conference. Well, you see, what happened is, it isn't the press conference. They're at a pool at some resort, and they're... Okay, when the kidnappers said, I want Charles Dunning, Charles Dunning said, I'm not going without my Burt Reynolds. He was my partner. You know, and Burt doesn't like him because he had to go to jail for him. And now right. Burt's finding out Charles has been kidnapped also. And he's like... Oh, I'm such a loyal friend. Even though he sent me to jail, I'm going to save his life because of our history as partners over 20 years of being cops. Oh, it's so stupid. So because Charles Sunning said, I'm not doing it without Burt Reynolds. And they're like, well, Burt's not here yet. He goes, well, okay, well, as soon as he gets here, you send him in. And, you know, he goes in without him, even though he said, I'm not doing it. This movie doesn't make logical plot sense. Well, if if uh, Charles Cerny is in there, like Dom DeLuise's backup, who would be Bert's backup? Would it be like uh, uh, DeLuise? Uh, Did they do a sitcom together? He was in a sitcom, right? Oh, uh, you know what? I didn't really check out Burt Reynolds' career. Yeah, you know Reynolds. You see that guy fell? Yeah, and so Bert's like, let me see what happened. Let me see what happened. The one who fell is, I told you, the, the hostage that was going to get killed first. It's right. the woman. Yeah. By the way, this movie is pre-9-11, 99. So people falling out of buildings was entertainment back then. Well, it's not analogous to, to the falling out of the buildings of the Trade Tower. I mean, that was, you know. Oh, because one was a hotel and, and the other. They were basically free-falling. They were, like, without a parachute jumping out of a plane that's what was going oh. right i mean i don't know how many but this <laughs> was just the, the bad guy threw a hostage out the window with a note tied to it these are my demands right three stories yeah if you don't comply to my demands i'll throw more hostages off to the i don't i'll do it so this guy is like you know the other one woman was like i'm a stereotype tough black woman and we're going to get back to the investigation. You know, like, right. and then fugitive guy is like, I know that you're that cool cop, Logan McQueen. So therefore, I'm going to turn a blind eye and let you go in. Here's your gun. You see, he's a felon. He's not allowed to have a gun. And if you tell them that I sent you in, I will deny it. Understood, pal. God, Bert looks great. Every shot, he looks great. Every shot doesn't look like he's with anybody in the room. <laughs> we got a piece of paper here, okay? More demands. We got a fax. See, they're not using the good negotiator anymore, Mike. So they're using a fax machine. Does it make sense? Is that does that replace right? Yeah, well, fax machines were big in '99. <laughs> is that so, the point I'm making? I'm saying that the thing is, he demanded Charles. He got Charles. He goes, you got a wire? I can't trust you. Fuck. Fucking negotiator. We'll just do it by fax. This plot makes no sense. <laughs> Is the fax wire to wire, though? <laughs> yeah, right. 
The Pax is a wire boss. You do realize that. Damn it! You went from a guy wearing one wire to a machine made of wires. What is the fuck wrong with you? It's electric. Yeah. He yeah. goes over the telephone line. I remember that movie almost famous. They were talking about the fax machine, you know, it could print a page in 12 minutes. Like, because that was compared to putting something in the mail in a couple days. Right. Yeah. Three days. There's a lot of movies with fax machines in it. You just have to look. Clarence, Clarence uh, what was it? Clarence, uh, Doris Claiborne, the Stephen King movie, it always revealed through a fax. Like uh-huh. the, the paper comes through, and it's like, no, I can't believe the reveal. You know, uh, Back I, to the Future Three. Back to the Future, you're fired, right? The the facts. It's a joke. Part. It was a joke, facts, mom. It was a joke, fact. What's this, honey? What's this fact that says you're fired? Oh, honey, it was a joke, facts. A joke, fact. <laughs> honey, we have faxes in every room, and I don't think all the fax machines in in 2015 are joke facts. What about uh, the player? Were, he gets he gets a car fax that says, I'm going to uh, kill you. Car, yeah, the car fax with the fox. You have that in California, car fax? Yeah, we do. We have car fax with the fox. Well, this is car. No, you're thinking car fox. This is car fax where you're in a fax. Uh, oh, like in Hudson Hawk, Richard E. Grant gets a fax printed to him in his limo, and then he throws it through a shredder and it goes uh, <laughs> on the other side of his car, and it goes the shreds go out of his car. Oh, wait, wait, I got to tell you something, okay? All right. Okay, this is the young police detective who is on the boat with Bert and the girls. So he's come along to get Bert's back, right? So he says, I'll get you a gun, right? He says, wait for me here. But you remember the cop gave him a gun before, you see? So the plot, again, doesn't make any sense. Like, I'll get you a gun. And then our hero wanders on his journey and someone gives him a gun. And then he goes to the guy who got him a gun and he still takes the gun. So now Bert's got two guns, even though this guy only knows he has one. This plot makes, it's like they were sleeping. This writer, let me see here, this writer. Where is this writer? His real name. Stephen uh, Berman, right? It isn't Alan Smithy. He was executive vice president of Columbia Pictures Television. He was the executive producer for that movie Bewitched in 2005. Oh, really? Well, I love that. That, that movie is very controversial. People hate that film. Oh, really? The one with um, Will Ferrell and, um, and Nicole Kidman, because it, it's a modern day. It's a it's about the production of a reboot of the sitcom Bewitched. Right. And the actress actually is a witch. Right. And what's the problem? Because people were like, we we just wanted a you know a remake of a sitcom on TV. Oh, uh, so they that they wanted Starsky and Hutch movie. Yeah, they wanted like uh, the Honeymooners, just right? Or Fifty Four, where are you? It's just here's a property, here's the characters. Well, this guy was the executive producer of that, and he went for. I guess he takes part of the blame. I mean, he birthed. The, the thing he green lighted it right so he wrote a lot of tv he wrote an episode of roughneck starship troopers chronicled and he wrote a hard time premonition 1999 another yeah. of series premonition i the first one the first oh the first one i i predict i gotta lose this trial go to jail i could be wrong that it's the first one i kind of don't understand this one follows the one called Hard Times, Hard Time. Hard Time. This is Hard Time 3. <laughs> yes. 
Hostage Hotel. See, we know it's the third one. Logan McQueen. Logan McQueen. Burt McQueen is Logan Reynolds in content. <laughs> Logan McQueen to the end of the trilogy. <laughs> I love it. Last of the trilogy. Oh, more booby traps killed people. But it didn't kill Bert. These two. Look, that was a close one. I'm out of well, breath. Close. I'm, I'm out of breath, right? And Bert's like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. My hair is in place. Everything looks good at my head. And acting. Listen, I'm annoying you right now. Would you stop annoying me? Oh, I got my hand on my forehead and my tie is disheveled enough. Uh, it, I've been at this eight hours. Will it ever end? They're, think about the ridiculousness. They're, they're out in the catacombs of the hotel. It's abandoned. Who knows what they'll find around each corner? Is that the way a hotel works? No. The hotel, the elevator opens and you got left and right rooms. Right? You move to the next floor. Even if you're going up the stairs, left and right rooms. Not this thing. They're in the dungeon. They're, it is know, a dungeon. There's like a chest full of ice. I found a chest full of ice on this floor. Good job. Does anybody have machine. any change? I found the... Vending machine. This one, the, the, the treasure is candy, but I need 75 cents. Oh, so maybe it would be even a cigarette machine. Because uh, who knows when it was abandoned, right? Right, true. It could have been abandoned in 1984. Marlboro. Mar Does anyone have any Joe Camel cash? I'm, I'm all out. <laughs> Chesterfield. Chesterfield. Ooh, you got no filters? Cool. cool. There's cool. And maybe they'll be like the lady cigarettes, Virginia Slim 100. Mm. Um, what was that one? Uh, Yes, Slims, as they eventually yeah. got called. And uh, Capri, I think it was. Right? Capri. See, you, you're making life, and you've never been desperate for a cigarette and had a vending machine that sold cigarettes, and all they had was, like, Virginia Slims with hundreds or, like, you know, Lucky Strike without... I'd be lucky if it was Lucky Strike. It was, like, the worst time. <laughs> Au contraire, I did smoke, and I was there. And that included stuff like Paul Malls, Carlton, Lewis. Carlton, smoke a Carlton. It's like, oh my God. I think I had, if Carlton's were without filters, if they offer no filter, I've smoked those and I probably got them for a vending machine because they didn't have fucking Marlboros or Parliaments. Right. Parliaments with the recessed filter. Yeah, the Parliament lights. You know, I quit smoking, but they've since released Parliaments like a regular because it's always been Parliament lights. And it was, there was nothing minty about it. Really? Parliament. Parliaments. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, never mind. This poor film, we're not giving it any justice. Look, it's more of the same. It's ridiculous. They're like going through basements and crawling down tubes. Oh, they almost got hurt by that booby trap. Well, I played the video game, so I'm aware of the antics, right? Level two, floor two, room 6203. Yeah. Nail board smacks you in the face. Look out! Boom! Oh, 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 that was close. Oh. So duck! I got a duck to get under this. Level two, annoy Ted McKinley. <laughs> you out here outside the catacombs? Yes, I am. I'm trying to get a piece of mine. McQueen, McQueen, what is your progress? Well, I'm I'm walking through the catacombs. Will you stop bothering me? I'll tell you when I find it. This guy started off with a piece of bread. He's almost done. 
Well, see, he's weak-willed in the brain. So the congressman just keeps saying, please, may I speak with my daughter? Please, may I speak? And so the guy goes, I'll have to ask when Keith Carradine comes back. And the cops are like, write that down. His name's Keith Carradine. Write that down. <laughs> and he goes, David Carradine. No, not David. Who's the other brother, right? Uh, Robert. Robert, right. Uh, David and Robert, and the father was John Carradine. Carradine. Now, Robert is known for uh, for our generation because he was in Revenge of the Nerds. Right, and guess what? So was um, ha Happy Days guy. He was and the guy. He was the bad guy. Yeah. In the That's right. So McGinley's worked with two Carradine brothers in films I've seen so far. I've seen two films with the Carradine brother and Ted McGinley. I appreciate this. Yes. And this is neat that it's Hal Needham and Burt Reynolds. And according to the internet, they're friends right now. I Alan Smithy, just because the thing sucked. Maybe right. they had a yeah. fighting about that. Maybe they had a falling out, but it didn't hit the papers. It was a private thing, you know? Uh, well, I'm sure it has to do with TNT and, and less of Burt Reynolds. Mm -hmm. I mean, also, yeah. like, how, how Needham reinvented himself as, like, not reinvented himself. He was always, like, a premier stuntman, and he was Burt Reynolds' stuntman. And you could say Once Upon a Time in America is based on their relationship. Yeah, but he, it is. Quentin you know, Tarantino says it. Yeah, he made all these like '80s dumb comedies with Bert, and then continued as a director. But then he released a book about his history of as a stuntman, mm -hmm. and he was reintroduced on talk shows as a stuntman. You know, right. here's stuntman Hal Needham. Yeah, I watched interviews with Hal Needham for this. I thought we would be talking about him and Bert a lot more. And he made his money as a director, but he was a director of of that. Um, Smokey and the Bandit, kind of because they were too. I mean, Bert was a director of it as much as um, right now. Hal worked with the actors, okay, so that really makes him a director. But Bert set up a lot of those shots, you know, and and directed action. Uh, you know, he wasn't directing jo Jackie Gleason, but he was like, you know, Hal Needham wouldn't be there yet, and they would be setting everything up. And it was under Bert's supervision. So they were buddies. They were buddies. They worked as pals. They they didn't have. He fell in love with Sally Field and had an affair. For some reason, I don't. Not an affair. They weren't. It was a tryst. It was a. It didn't last. Well, oh, because I've always been obsessed with Bert and Lonnie. I always felt like they were such royalty. Yeah, I was... Bert and Lonnie. I looked up a lot of that stuff for this, too. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, because uh, they, they, I don't know, like, she got, he got sick and she took care of him, at least as the story goes. Uh, okay, what I learned was really about the divorce, why there was a divorce, and when Lonnie Anderson talked about it, the respect she had of not speaking for years and years and years, uh, they had a child together. They adopted a child, I think it was. Wow. And and she really loved that guy, uh, that boy. And uh, there was lots of stories about um, uh, how bad Bert was and how he, like, slapped her around a little bit. And the thing is, 
he said, no one would believe you that I did that. I'm America's sweetheart, you know. Now, is Lonnie telling the truth? I think yes, probably, just because she didn't talk for 12 years or something, you know what I mean? Yeah, right. We saw her in Munchie, right? Yes. We enjoyed that. That was good. That was a movie we paid attention to. Yeah, Dom DeLuise was the puppet. Yeah. Okay, so for this, this is that scene I told you about. They're like, I'm sorry. Now, all of a sudden, out of the blue, she's like, I love you. Wow. Touching. Except that... Someone should tell her she has a cocaine nose. Look a little blood and cocaine on it. <laughs> the thing is, there's no rhyme or reason for this scene. We had no lead up to it. We saw them fighting in the beginning. Then we saw her getting tortured, or if that's not the right word, just you know, losing her freedom, not being being confined and abused. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, she's like, "I'm sorry, and I love you." It doesn't. This film, whoever. The guy who wrote this wasn't really thinking. Yeah, I don't think he needed to. He just needed to get it like a... But the thing is, why not? You know, you and I, Mike, could easily come up with a a thing that made sense, right? I mean, come on. Come on. We live on the Earth. We live on planet Earth. You you have your Tom Selleck. You have your uh, Columbo character. And you have your, your... mid-cable network and you have a product you know you have jerk linson master librarian and you just need to crank them out you know this is pretty exciting there's a hostage and there's a hotel and there's this is before saw right saw was yeah. in the 2000 so it wasn't like jigsaw built these these booby traps it's no, more like uh it was uh, Vietnam was still fresh in minds, but it's just a little. He's a little too young for Vietnam if it's 1999, but still. God, that's right. If it's, it's Vietnam booby traps, but that's like 80s was re reexamining Vietnam. Yeah, that's right. Now, Quentin Tarantino, you know, uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and yeah. if you look at the side by side pictures of um, of. Um, yeah, and right, they they you can see with the sideburns and the dress, how he dressed him. And he was a man's man. He was, you know, and if you look at, uh, I don't know, the, DiCaprio's character wasn't really exactly Bert. But, I mean, he was on that cowboy show. Let's see, what was that show? Um, Riverboat in the early 60s. That's how they met when he was a stuntman for him. And that's kind of the place of Quentin's film, you know? And also Manson's stuff was 69. Uh, yeah. What year? Like, it wasn't 69. Yeah, yeah. I, I might be wrong on that, but I'm, it, if I am, then it's just by a year. It was the time of uh, Hal Needham's uh, look that. Um, that was in Tarantino's film, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Oh, no, I asked the Yeah, I'm sure they took they were inspired and buy it. Now, how many have never fought Bruce Lee? That was never a, that was a made-up thing of Tarantino. Right. Never uh, talked, he never took a glass of white milk and then drank it and then proceeded to, you know, 
He had it. He was drinking whole milk, whole white milk. I was like, oh man. Like, couldn't he? Uh... Are we gonna drink that whole milk? Yeah, the whole gallon. <laughs> It kind of reminded me of uh, Tyler Tyler Durden. They suddenly got in Fight Club. Whoa, these angles, things are dangerous. So these, like, everybody else moves except for the main characters, right? Like, these two have been like, okay, time to leave the set. Um, these two, like, they're walking through the catacombs, you know, and like. Now they're at some sort of uh, stage, uh, like there's a church organ, and now they're in a, a lobby. See, Bert's in like a lobby as if there's another part of the hotel that this must be the grand ballroom. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't make sense. Well, not if you in the, the John Wick of a hotel. If it was the John Wickiverse, it would be a hotel continental, and every room is different. Right. Yeah. It's not that. It's an old abandoned hotel in Florida, in West Palm Beach, and it, it should be, it should be pool area, right? Uh, right. Breakfast area. It should be elevator, floor with rooms. Floor. No, with no, no. They should be crematorium. They should be crematorium. Uh, they should be uh, spa. Speakeasy. There should be World of the Future display. There should be. Uh, Barbershop, lobby, bar, barbershop. Yeah, lobby, like with a mini mall kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. Barbershop, shoe shine. Right, of course, Okino. Maybe you could get a quick game, a lot of, lot of tickets. That's where they are now. They're walking through, like, like it's a endless trail of rooms. And, okay, so now they're like talking to each other. Hey, I'm going to get to it. The, let them go. Oh, it's, I can tell you were in Nam too. You were a tunnel rat. Oh, maybe we're not so different, bad guy. Don't try to scam me with your gun. I'll just give you a bullet sandwich. <laughs> bullets. I know it's like you're literally punctuating your dialogue with bullets. <laughs> yeah, we're not so different, you and I. Well, I could see a way that we could work together. No way. Oh, oh right. Yeah, me. Bang, bang, bang. You're all bang. the same. And the paragraph, bang, bang, bang. Uh, New page, bang. Oh, my God. He wrote this in his sleep. His writing experience really was, you know, two or three television shows and the other film of this. He's a producer. That's who he is. So he must have had a script. And he said, great, let's just hook it up. So glad Mr. Reynolds is part of this. This will really help the uh, film community of Miami. Let's shoot. Right. Ted Turner wants it on his network. Chop, chop. Ah, now we're safe in our deepest, darkest lair where I have my hostages. You know, there was like, Cable oh, please have a tissue. May I please have a tissue? I know. It's like Key West. Can I please have a tissue? I've been... Well, that's like a lot of movies. Blood is cosmetics. Like, they always have, like, a blood stain throughout the entire movie. Like, they get yeah. hit. There's a mark nice. on their nose. There's blood dripping from their sideburns, and they stays the entire film. Right, right, right. On the temple. Yeah, right on the temple. Like, yeah, cool. from the hairline. 
it says we're in physical pain, but you know, we're also a branded character, I guess. Hey, those are clues, blood drops. Right. It looks like that red stuff, you know? David must have got clipped. So he's saying, you know, we're going to take the daughter and we're going to travel with her. And she's like, take me, take me, don't take the daughter, take me. What is that note about? I don't remember that. Uh, it says, please feed me this attached carrot. Do not give me sweets. <laughs> I get one cup of alpha oh a day. <laughs> Now, the note has fallen off, and she is right, so struggling. She is struggling. Whoa, he's in the room. Bert found really runs. There's the helpless Charles Dunning on the floor. He's like, what are you doing, Bert? Your feet and body are moving faster. Is it, it's called running, Charles. I came to get you, cop buddy. Oh, he shot him lying down. He's lying on his back killing people. Right, he's so big. They said, perfect. perfect. His stuff was written around. Up, up, it's the breadcrumbs. They're going to lead me right. Oh, right, yeah, little, little blood breadcrumbs. Yeah, yeah so Charles, instead of standing, one of your characters lying down on a mattress that happens to be on the floor. Oh, good idea. I brought my own mattress. In, in Bert's religion, you have to touch someone's neck. I bless you. <laughs> I bless you. There we go. I okay? bless you. you. Person, yeah. I bless Hey, you're right. alive. It's all right. It's all right. Are you trying to do the parquet butter guy on me? I'm alive. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you were dead. I was doing the parquet butter guy. He goes, let me take your gun. So he's now he's got a machine gun. He pats it on the back. Man, Gordon Ramsay is pissed. You call this a steak? <laughs> well, but back at that headquarters, it's just like pressure, pressure. I'm seeking information, seeking information. And the politician's like, when will it end? When will it end? When will this end? That's what we see every time we cut back. Gotcha. There's little Vietnamese writing. Well, because uh, he was in a war, wasn't he? Yeah, it was Vietnam. Look, yeah. blood. Hmm. Hmm. Blood. Can you imagine, like, he follows the blood, the blood trail, and it was just a dying dog. God damn it. Okay, bam! You get stabbed from the tunnel rat stuff. be trapped. Very creative. Okay, yeah, I do it all along. What a great look, Bert. Yeah, yeah, I knew that trap would be there. So now Bert has freed the wife and Charles Dunning. So Charles Dunning walks in on them and goes, uh, excuse me, I forget what he said, something so stupid like, may we come in? You know, and sure. they're like, oh, hug. I'm pretending that I'm happy to see a wife, a loved one finally safe. But daughter's not safe. Um, and, and also, uh, the bad guy who, like, arranged the hostage, he gets this disappointed look. And I don't know why. Right now he's going, 
listen, you should use this situation for your political advantage. And then the politician will be, I'm pretend angry, I'm pretend angry. And angry guys hit people. So he's going to crack them across the jaw, cowboy style. Never mind that the congressman just is fighting with the person. I just got a fax. That's right. There's the facts. Well, the look at the FBI guy goes, no, no, no. Don't tell me. Just the facts, ma'am. Just the facts, ma'am. Dun, 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 dun. Well, according to the first page of this fax, this was sent at 2.43 p.m. at Kinko's on Geary. <laughs> and it was from Carl to right. Mike. Uh, from Montclair Kinko's. From Mon Montclair Route 3. No, I'm Route 3 in Totowa. Uh, it says number of pages three. Does that include the cover page or does it include the cover <laughs> page? Oh, no, it does say it's an under parenthesis. Thank God. You know, I had a job where I all my work was coming out of fax machines. And uh -huh. you could get, like, spam. You know how you get emails? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Thing, win like a, vacation a menu, a menu. Yeah, we would get, like, uh, a menu or we would get, like, win a trip to Disneyland or... We would get like pages of black pages, like just to fuck with us. People uh -huh. would fax like black pages to us and waste our ink. Or uh, refinance your home. Hey, re uh, paint your house. $500. Gutter's a problem. What about like the inappropriate humor uh, emails? You know how like you send like. Right. Uh, I remember those days. Yeah, so we would get those facts. We would get those like uh, Roddy cartoons, or, like, <laughs> color humor cartoons, those gags, those one one panel gags. Now, for some reason, he's taking the daughter somewhere. Okay, I don't know if it's his escape or something. He's taking the daughter somewhere, and they're aware of it, and so they're kind of like following him. That's all they're doing, following him. Just cautiously, because there are booby traps. Now, why would there be booby traps if he was running, if he was in flight? You know what I mean? Like, but right. anyway, he can't set him up. <laughs> I'm so done with this movie, and so was Hal Needham. That was oh, yeah. That was a stunt, man. <laughs> no, that wasn't Burt Reynolds jumping. That wasn't Burt Reynolds dropping a full 10 feet and to a, a skylight into a parking lot or a cement floor. Right. It has to be seven feet to a regular ceiling. And then he was three feet above that for a skylight. So he drops 10 fucking feet. That was the stunt, man. And, and you know, it was Burt Reynolds and he was only four or five anyway. So it was like six feet drop. Look at this now, Mike. Are we in the abandoned garage part? You know, it's leaky. There's what a fucking shithole. I don't understand why they were celebrating the reopening of this hotel when, in fact, the hotel is filled with cobwebs and drifting. Like, yeah, they only made, they only remodeled the ballroom area to right. kick off the grand remodeling. It makes no sense, Mike. That's not the way you remodel anything oh. in this life that you do oh, one room at a time. If you like me, I will remodel the ballroom of the uh, uh, of the historic hotel, and then keep all the cobwebbed uh, rooms. Then intact. I'll redo a bathroom. Yeah, and then I'll have like a, a dinner celebrating myself for doing this. <laughs> and then we'll move down the hall to our first bedroom. Once it's done, we'll invite the press. 
I'll give a speech. Okay, now Burt Reynolds puts on uh, gear, like for what? To camouflage himself? Seriously, Mike, why would he put that on? Because his stunt man needs to cover his face when he actually walks around crutch. So that joke means you're with me, that it makes no sense. This was written by a monkey who's never lived on planet Earth. Like an alien person said, write me a human movie. I'm on it. Carl, you've been to the drugstore and you've been to the paperback section and you picked up, you know, Remo Williams, volume 74, you know, the spirit or whatever, or like, it's just pulp, pulp mysteries, you know? That's all you want from TNT. You want to, instead of reading a mystery book about whatever the guy's name is, you see a TV show of it. Did I lose you? I'm right. Yes, yes, it's weak. It's weak. It's like, this doesn't matter, so don't make it in the on planet Earth. Don't make it in the real world. Just right. do a lot of things. Just to make a movie of events. It doesn't make sense. Look, what he Knife. He could have done, done anything, anything after uh, Boogie Nights, right? That's always the story. Maybe he's trying to build up a, a network franchise, you know? it's a, Maybe he was ahead of the game. Well, he uh, did. It was a three-movie series. You're right about that. He had, this is the Logan McQueen series. It's hard time. This was a payday. Yeah, oh, for sure. But I don't know. I mean, I see Tom Selleck, like, he has a mystery character. This whole model of the, you know, ABC uh, Sunday Night Murder Mystery movie, where it would be Columbo every month or McMillan, he just crank out these kind of serialized movies. Yeah, but I'm still not with you because those movies take place in the real world. You know, there's been a murder committed. The motive was reasonable. You know, he caught him, her cheating. You know what I mean? Right. Columbo is on. It made sense how he goes, excuse me, sir, one more thing. You know, he's doing something that other people do in your life. How they, in, you know, it, it irks you when they're coming back. Yeah, it, it's grounded on planet Earth. This doesn't, like, listen, do you have any Cheerios? I need Cheerios for this mission. Let me get you a bowl. Right. Right. Okay, now we're getting in the swan boat. Is the swan boat here? Yes. Okay, <laughs> go out to the swan boat. Get in the boat. Is this taking us down the tide of incesticide? That's poison. Ah, we're in danger. There's vines on the side of the riverbank, like always in places like this. Grab them and swing to the <laughs> It just, it doesn't, oh, it's, it, we've, we've landed in the village of munchkins. I want one the man, Charles Durning. Are you sure? That, have you seen Mr. Durning lately? Come on, cut the man a break. You want him to walk across the lobby? That's so cruel. You're a mean man. Okay, here you go. Mr. Durning said, I got to stand on this column. You know, we understand. I got to hold on a sec. I'm, I walked up to you. I'm, I'm here, just like you asked. Yeah, you know, yeah. I, I wanted I wanted Jack Warden. Wait, Jeez. you have a wire. You're wearing a wire. Hey, you remember me? I was, you're that person who helped me out that one time. No, I don't remember that, but I'm saying that I do. You're yeah. wearing a wire. I'm furious. 
Now I'm going to fax my demands to the cops. I don't need to negotiate anymore. And you are a third, ho a fourth hostage. You're a hostage now. Don't worry, Burt Reynolds will save me. This film makes no sense. Right here, he's got his uh, hand on the trigger. And if Burt Reynolds, like, moves, he'll blow it up. Let me put it on. This movie, it reminds me of that, what was it, like, Jeff Daniels was like an Irish uh, bomber maker or some shit like that. Remember, it was like a Boston movie about a guy who kept building bombs and taunting a cop. I don't remember that film. Yeah, I can't. I can't place it. it wasn't now, very good. This is the film's like big scene. We have about five minutes left. Six minutes left. So let's listen, okay? Bird's coming out. Don't don't pull your finger on that explosive. Oh right, otherwise three camera angles of an explosion. Right. Ooh, look at that look. He means business. Yeah, why did he put that mask over his face? Now look, watch him save the daughter. Get it, watch oh, out for the fire! Run, run! So the whole thing was like a standoff, but it was never a standoff because Keith Carradine could have pressed the button at any, any, any time. There was he no standoff, and he goes, okay, I'm putting my gun down. I don't give a shit if you have a gun. I have a button here. It makes no sense, this move. Okay, daughter just wanders out. Look, everyone goes, what? The daughter? Oh, I am the responsible. I thank you for saving. Look at that look. That's the parental. Oh, he even winked at him. Thanks That's for saving the my daughter. Fox in the hen house. Now, look, there's a fox. He's going to add a fox. Whoa-oh. Uh-oh. Now, this is good. Hal Needham makes him back up and bonk into the two authority figures, the FBI and the local cop. See? Right, right. They're right behind them. That's, That's the Needham we know. That's now, the Hal Needham we remember. Now, the Hal Needham we don't know and don't remember, same with the Burt Reynolds, is one that would allow them to shoot a film that doesn't take place in reality. Now, look, here's another thing that happens. They hear on the news that somebody embezzled some money or stole funds, and then everyone stares at Charles Dunning like they know he has something to do with it, but it has nothing to do with anything. I'll show you. This is just well, they're wrapping it up. They did that in that Donnie Wahlberg, uh, the, the Marky Wahlberg uh, wait, uh, wait, wait, Spencer wait. movie. All right. That's a loud TV set. Well, I, it's, for the, it's for the audience. No, but I'm saying, like, the, they're at a country club watching oh, it. I got Where's, where's the look, TV? Duck, gunshot wounds. What? And they look at Charles like he did it. $100 million from the Iron Group Mutual Fund. But new character in the movie. Right. It's uh, Rick Rubin. Right. Got a $100,000 award. Oh, they're looking at him. Yeah. Just yeah, get me out of this picture. He looks like he's caught. 
I just want to get out of this picture. Here's the only thing I can figure. In the beginning of the film, they were going for $10,000 to kidnap this one guy who got shot or something. So maybe it had to do with the beginning. Like Charles Dunning did some clever, interesting thing behind the back maybe. of Burt Reynolds with that situation. Although it doesn't make sense because the guy got shot dead. I don't know. This whole movie made no sense. You introduce a character and in the last five minutes, you <laughs> you have them go wah, 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 wah over something that had nothing to do with the movie. Right. Help, well, help, help. Is it over? It's over. It's over. Listen, so Spencer, the Netflix movie with Mark Wahlberg as Spencer for Hire, it ends with them sitting around a TV set and announces some crime and them going, what? Don't do it. <laughs> We're not going to start again, are we? And that's the ending. Well, this is the ending of Hard Time 3. Thank God. Message Hotel. The last time I'll ever say those combination of words again. Carl, <laughs> what did you think of the movie? I thought it was not good. I thought it was good that Burt Reynolds was, was Hal Needham. But no, that wasn't good. Because no, it wasn't good. They didn't make a, a thing that... Uh, you can't tell me what to do. You're not my mother. Well, I'm your stepmother, and you're gonna. Oh, no, I've been kidnapped. I'm so sorry that I mistreated you, Mom, and I will. I pledge to you that I will be a good kid from now on. I'm never grounding you again. I'm going to ground myself. It, this, it, this, this doesn't take place on planet Earth. Okay, I'm done complaining. Because well, the uh, show's done. Yeah, I mean, I really wish it, it grabbed my attention a bit, but you know, everything's telegraphed and everything is kind of, uh, if I was in the waiting room with a, with some medical condition, I'd probably sit and watch this movie like this is the greatest thing I ever diverted my attention from. But, you know, if I'm not in a hospital bed or, you know, in between flights, I, I don't want to see this at all. Uh, so, yeah, but it's Bert and it's another Hal Needham movie I saw with Bert in the list. So this movie sucks. Yeah, but this movie, this episode was good. Thank you for telling me about The Last Movie Star, about Hoopla Digital, about uh, uh, the library card. What is it? Yeah. Key with a K. Oh, and we definitely did not talk about this movie at all. So it was great to catch up with you, Carl. Yeah, it was great to yeah. catch up with you. This movie bit the big one, and it could have been great because it was the guys who gave us. Cannibal Run. Right. One when, no, no. The guys who gave yes, they they did give us Cannibal Run. Thank you for nothing, but they gave us uh, Smokey and the Bandit. What a great film! But look, Cannibal Run was nineteen eighty. This is nineteen ninety nine. So it took them nineteen years to get to this point. Yes, Stoker Ace nineteen eighty three was the last film they were. Yeah, and that film sucked and everything, but I mean, oh, it was no, still their magic, you know. Unless you like Jim Neighbors, there's no reason to watch that movie. Yeah. Uh, we are wrapping up this film. Thank you, Ted Turner, for uh, giving us news on HBO Max. Carl, I have a movie picked already for next week. Okay, great. Uh, I don't know trailer? if it's a con controversial film or if it's going to be like, I don't know, but it uh, hit every button. And I don't know if it's based on the novel that had the name. But of course, I'm talking about. One of my favorite actors, actresses, and we've done a bunch of her movies, Brooke Shields. Okay. In the 1979 movie Tilt, T-I-L-T, where she is a 13-year-old pinball wizard. There has to be a twist. Pinball wizard? She has such a supple wrist. 
1973, did you say? No. Yeah, whatever pops up. Let's see what it says. 79, 79. Okay. That makes more sense for the Pinball Wizard by The Who. Because right. that's why this got made. Ah, I, don't, I don't see a trailer, but I do see the full-length movie. So, right. Carl, if I may, I, I'm going to present the trailer in three, two, one. Tilt, tilt. Today's youth. Tilt, tilt. Hey, honey, what you doing? Wow. Uh, not much, creepy old guy from 1979. I'm just 13-year-old playing pinball. Because I'm a pinball professor, magic professor, who there must be a different reason. But he could be the coach. You could be my coach. Yeah. You and me, kid. We're going to the top of the pinball charts. That's right. We're not doing stupid bowling. No, we're going to. We're not. We're doing pinball. And we're not doing like a young Tim Matheson. No. This movie has a 13. She's 13-year-old Brooke Shields playing a 14-year-old uh, uh, pinball wizard. So What a range. Yeah, what a range. Uh, and so that's it. So next week, we're really excited. We have also watched, uh, seems like, old, no, Just You and Me, Kid. That, right, that was with right. Pam Benjamin. You were actually, that was a week that you were unable. So our station manager for Mini Radio. I saw just with Just You and Me, Kid. I was there. I was. I, oh, you were? Oh, great. Yeah. Okay. I keep thinking that it was Pam because, uh, yeah, she that was terrible. With us. She would watch the film with us, I guess. She did watch also, the film. Uh, that's right. That's right. She joined us. Uh, and then Speed Zone, where she plays herself. Speed Zone? Yeah. Speed she's, Zone she's, remember, The Smother Brothers are taking a flight, and they're like, excuse me, flight attendant. You look like Brooke Shields. She's like, oh, that's a coincidence. I wouldn't oh, be right. Brooke Shields. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. They were good in that. Uh, were they? Were they? They had some banter. It was okay. Yeah. It, their scenes were fun. It added to the movie. Yeah. It that's the, movie. the right word. Their scenes were fun. It added to the movie. Well, so that's good. Well, you can tell that we didn't like our movie today because we're talking about movies we do enjoy, like Speed Zone. So we hope you enjoyed uh, watching the movie and listening to us at the same time. Uh, we made it through Hard Time 3, Hostage Hotel. We'll be back. Next Sunday, 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on mutinyradio.fm. We stream always there first. We're also on our podcast as L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T, and that is also our YouTube channel. And you can find us at Let's Watch a Full Life Movie on YouTube on Facebook, where we announce some movies days before. So sign up to any of these services. We appreciate it. Definitely go to Venmo, throw in some bucks at Mutiny Radio. Carl, do you have any upcoming events you want to promote? Any uh well, I'll, I'm probably at Scotty's this coming Friday and Saturday. So come on down. Scotty's Pub and Comedy Cove in Springfield, New Jersey. National headliners. Average yeah. features. Sometimes a lame-ass guest spot. And me, your host and MC. That sounds great. And uh, I don't think I'm doing anything in October. So the hell with that. We'll, we'll, we'll see you next week. Let's watch. A full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Hi, this is Carl. Uh, I, I'm Mike's friend. I 
and wrote this song. Uh, my turn-ons are satin sheets and waves. Champagne tickles my nose. I love to paint outdoors. Listen, you should follow me on Twitter. It's jokes to Carl. The French duh, not the oh, oh duh. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with more. Bughouse Square, this is Mutiny Radio. If you can afford to please uh, give us some money, we're like, you know, we're, we're falling apart here. We're trying to get, uh, 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 keep this boat afloat. So if you feel it in your heart, uh, click on that GoFundMe thing. If you have done it, thank you so much. Um, again, uh, just be as decent as you can. This is, uh, this is Mutiny Radio. Check out other programming as well. Pam, you got anything up there? You got that breaker ready there we can oh, do? Uh, yeah. We can do that. So, uh, yeah, Pam's here. She's just, you know, shoveling more coal in the furnace. Uh, keep things going here. Are ye on a raft without a pattern? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of mutinyradio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> Anti-Trump is the antivirus or antibody to the Trump virus. We're a global alliance of humans standing up against Trump. Antitrump.com started four years ago on March 19, 2016 with two sketches and a dream for a better world. Nobody thought it was going to be this bad. Most of us probably figured it would just be four more years of the same old... He was a 70-year-old babbling nimrod. How bad could it really be? Treason is the last of his felonious activities. Trump's brand has hijacked our government, sold Lady Liberty to the mob. We are a leaderless and without the most basic health care systems and community services. COVID-19 is a pandemic. Trump's brand is the virus. Welcome to the antivirus. Go. Antitrump.com. Spread the word. Individual politics aren't important. What is important is that we stand together as a unified voice and say enough is enough. Antitrump.com. Welcome to Strictly Bad Vibes, your personal complaint department.
Are you tired of swimming through a sea of hydrogen? Are ye on a raft without a pattern? Well, gather around me, frogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail to the seas of mutinyradio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy, the small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly sports, vinyl, and gutter punk. Mutinyradio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> Anti-Trump is the antivirus or antibody to the Trump virus. We're a global alliance of humans standing up against the Trump brand. Antitrump.com started four years ago on March 19, 2016 with two sketches and a dream for a better world. Nobody thought it was going to be this bad. Most of us probably figured it would just be four more years of the same old... He was a 70-year-old babbling Nimrod. How bad could it really be? Treason is the last of his felonious activities. The Trump brand has hijacked our government and sold Lady Liberty to the mob. We are a leaderless and without the most basic health care systems and community services. COVID-19 is a pandemic. The Trump brand is the virus. Welcome to the antivirus. Go. Antitrump.com and spread the word. Individual politics aren't important. What is important is that we stand together as a unified voice and say enough is enough. That's Antitrump.com. Welcome to Strictly Bad Vibes, your personal complaint department. Uh. Um, whiny people and their stupid complaints that we requested they send us. Why do we do this? Why, why are we <laughs> None of which matters in this equation because it is his choice to carry such horseshit on the fucking train. And he was yelling. He was like, Mobed bitch, Mobed bitch. And, uh, and, uh, I wasn't, I wasn't. I'm just not. I'm not moving, you know? I've arrived. Why should I move? I don't like what work has been giving us at our free lunches. Call on five, two four zero, one nine seven six, and it does not spell anything. Call on five, two four zero, one nine seven six. Go for it. Call in, guys. Download a podcast. 
Radio.fm. Hit the donate button, stream them live, download a podcast, have some fun! Everybody, listen to the weekly review with Roman every Friday from noon to 2 p.m. This is an unapologetically anti-capitalist program. We interview organizers, activists, artists. We talk about ways you can take action right now. So listen in to the weekly review every Friday, noon to 2 p.m. You ever want to be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be, like, in front of an audience? Like, other than, like, squirrels, dogs, and dead persons? Oh, shoot. From time to time, I've given it a thought of two. You know, if you go to joke workshop, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even going to be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes? And they'll even say nice things, dude, before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dang nabbit thing called? It's Joke Workshop. Joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8? That's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius. Yahoo! $4.99. Good evening there, my friends here at MutinyRadio.fm. Chester Cashcock here. I'm giving you my love and regard as well as movies over there. And uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that any time I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean, if anyone who knows anything about comedy knows that Pamtastic's books the best of San Francisco and beyond's underground comics, it's a great showcase, and they have a fun time at Pamtastic's deep in the Mission District, where you can lap off your tushy for a mere $5 every Friday to 10 p.m. And I laugh because $5, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with. So to laugh it off for a mere $5 is indubitious. But if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, well, don't even worry. Don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show and giggle in the comfort of anywhere, like your Aspen summer home on the mountain ridge with the kayak here. And all you got to do is just go to podcastics.pcrcollective.org slash comedy clubhouse or you can listen live every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. as your host Pam Benjamin brings you the best comedy from San Francisco and beyond the universe. And what's better than the universe? <laughs> it's a cash cock, honey. <laughs> yeah. 
And I am Carl, not Spiegelman. We're a host. Watch for 